Hi, everyone. Welcome to Semester 4, Episode 3 of our Just Admit It podcast, where former deans and directors of admission give expert insight into the complex college admissions landscape. I'm Eric, an Ivy Wise counselor and former admissions officer at Columbia University and assistant director of admission at the New School in Lower Manhattan. And joining me today are my friends and fellow Ivy Wise colleagues, Mike, former assistant director of admission at Stanford University, you may have heard of it, and Rachel, who is a former admissions dean um, at Swarthmore College. In this episode, we're going to share advice on how students and families can make the most of their campus visits, both virtually and in person. So teammates, any preliminary thoughts as we head into the campus visit territory? You know, I have to say, I enjoyed doing a little reflecting um, in preparation for this episode, just thinking about the campuses that I've visited, um, the tour guides I've met along the way. Yeah, I used to serve as a college counselor at a high school, and I remember going on a lot of college trips with students, and so I have some funny, well, I think it's funny, um, anecdotes of students not choosing schools because of the food in the cafeteria, but, um, you know, we're going to talk about more uh, insightful tips and suggestions with planning visits. Yeah, presumably. Um, Rachel and I discovered a mutual love of our uh, alma maters and that we were, in fact, both tour guides, so... We have a special affection for this portion of uh, the application process, I think. Yeah, and Mike, you used, I feel like, the right word, too, maybe to kick us off. And are there some things that folks can be thinking about with planning to really get the most out of a visit? Yeah, there's there's quite a few. I think it really depends on what year you are in your education. Um, I, I have several ninth graders who are really right now just focusing on what they're interested in as potential majors. And so for those students, I might recommend them to, uh, you know, if they live in a city where there's a local university or several universities, if you live in like major cities like Boston and Philadelphia, New York, where there's a lot of universities to check out a few because there may be a lot of variety. So for example, in Boston, you can check out uh, Boston College, which is, you know, um, religiously affiliated. You can look at uh, MIT, which is a technical school, um, just so you can start to get a sense of different types of institutions. And you don't have to plan this major trip um, when you're visiting, you know, schools across the country. So I think that's initial recommendation I have. Um, I don't know, Eric, if you have any thoughts or additions to what I said. Yeah, absolutely. I think breadth, um, again, is something that I'll extract from that sort of commentary. And um, visiting locally, I always say to my students, and I've worked at three different high schools in addition to my time in admissions, and I found that, um, you know, seeing a range in school type, you know, from a Search one institution to maybe a mid-sized private that's in or near a city uh, and then a liberal arts college is going to give you a framework to be able to describe some of your preferences. Uh, so even if you are not interested in the colleges that are nearby necessarily, visiting them will give you an idea of not just how to actually conduct a productive visit, but also just understanding the differences in really broad strokes. So I always say start within arm's reach. Um, I find that our younger students, my underclassmen here, you know, where are you going to college and what are you going to major in from pretty much every adult around them. So rather than talking about a passion, you know, find out what your interests are within your school and then maybe let that drive um, again broadly 
where you uh, begin visiting. So if you can think about um, how you want or things that are important to you that you want to compare across the board, that could be helpful too. Yeah, what are some of the things I think like academically that you all would suggest that students look for um, that may be differentiating characteristics? I'm thinking of like a core curriculum versus an open curriculum versus some broad distributional requirements. So maybe some commentary on how to assess an academic climate might be useful. Absolutely. And I'm thinking too, like class size. I ask students a lot, like what's your ideal academic experience? You know, are you sitting around in a circle, like having a conversation with those around you? Are you in a larger lecture hall, you know, listening to an expert deliver information? What does that look like? Um, Cause that's really important. It's gonna be, you know, theoretically like a, a cornerstone like of your college experience. Uh, and going back to your question, Eric, um, you know, I'm thinking about an institution like Brown University where they have open curriculum. For some students who have interdisciplinary interests, that can be really exciting for them. So I, I have students who want to start a nonprofit. And so I've talked to them about taking economic sociolo sociology classes to really understand issues in the community. So um, to inform that the work that they're eventually going to do at a nonprofit, um, whereas a student who likes structure, a university like that would terrify them because uh, they want they want guidance, they want structure so that they just need to sign up for the classes and get like a traditional education, whereas an open curriculum, um, it, it might require more independence in terms of selecting your courses. So that, I, I definitely think that's um, one thing to think about is like, what, what do you want your academic experience to look like? What type of learner are you? Are you self-guided? Do you need guidance in that process? Do you like structure? Um, so I think that's definitely one uh, aspect of the academic piece. Um, I don't know if you have any um, additions, Eric, from your own question. Yeah, no, I mean, in contrast, you know, the um, Columbia and University of Chicago come to mind in terms of schools that have implemented a core curriculum where independent of your major, you're going to take roughly a third of your courses um, in the same, you know, uh, area of study that, you know, basically there's this unified core curriculum that serves as the foundation for freshmen and some of sophomore year. So even if you're an engineer, you're taking this really robust liberal arts curriculum together. And I find that schools like that, you know, the academic experience is really the unifying characteristic of the, um, you know, your time at the institution. And if you go to the University of Chicago and you're an alum of the class of 2020, you know, an alum who's in the class of 1973 is also going to have taken that same, you know, segment of courses. So, you know, just finding out things like that, again, in broad strokes can be really important, whether that gets you excited or turns you off. We talk a lot about, you know, finding things that you like at your high school and, and may want to see preserved on the college level. And then something I ask students is, you know, what's one thing or two things that you really haven't enjoyed about your time in high school that you may want to avoid, right? I've usually worked at smaller schools. So a lot of my students will say, this feels claustrophobic. Everyone's in everyone's business. I want to go to a large school. I have other students who say, no, I've actually really enjoyed, you know, having um, access to my professors, getting to see my friends in classes and that you know, to me signals, you know, maybe we'll look at some smaller colleges. Uh, so anyway, using what's within arm's reach uh, is an expression I say often. 
What about after you've planned to go to a school? What is your what does the actual visit look like? You know, that can take many shapes, but how could a student learn about a school when they're actually on campus? So I'm thinking that yes, the tour and the information session would be the two kind of big pieces of a traditional on-campus in-person visit. And in a way, they would really complement each other well, right? Because you have the information session that's typically led by an admissions officer, and then the tour, which is typically led by a student, uh, the classic tour guide. Um, and I think the tour really is invaluable um, if you're able to make it to campus, you know, if we're um, able to do these in-person things again, which it certainly feels like we, we are um, being able to be on campus, walk around with other prospective students, see how students are interacting with one another, hear your tour guide's experience, um, you know, pop in on a class, walk through the dining hall. Um, yeah, I just think the tour can potentially be a lot of fun um, and really insightful, um, which also makes me think too, if you know, there is the times, classic times when students may not have a good tour. Maybe they don't connect with their tour guide. Um, it's pouring down rain. There's no students on campus. It's spring break. Um, do you think students can recover from participating in a tour they didn't enjoy, like at their dream school? I mean, I would hope so. I liked when students visited when uh, classes were in session. I felt like that was probably the best way, right, to be able to look around and see activity on the campus. But at the same time, if you're going to school in New England, um, then it's important that you visit in February and get a feel of Syracuse in the winter, right? <laughs> um, a, lot of, a lot of times, um, and just realizing that, you know, one person's perspective shouldn't necessarily inform your decision. I wonder if there's a way, I'm only thinking about this now, to like ditch your parents and try to take the tour just yourself because a lot of times I used to see parents just like elbowing their kid the whole time right and not giving them the opportunity to speak so just one idea like tell your parents to go find the best restaurant in town and then meet them afterwards. It's funny you say that because I was thinking today about um, visiting with friends as one way to really have um, a different kind of on-campus experience um, I was able to visit in my college search um, a local university with a friend, and we stayed overnight with a student who had graduated from our high school that we knew. Um, and yeah, it was very informative. In fact, I was like, oh, I don't, this school is too big for me. Um, and I learned that, you know, through that experience. But yeah, students are able to kind of potentially experience some things on their own or with a friend. Um, it might open up some opportunities. I think you bring up a good point, Rachel. It makes me think about just the campus visit in general, because uh, I, I always wonder if you, know, if you sit in, in an information session, you're getting a, a glamorized version of the college from an admission officer. So how can you get a realistic perspective of a college um, from visiting? And you brought up the point of uh, you know, uh, going with a, a friend from high school, having an overnight experience um, at the college, connecting with students who, who currently attend a university that may have went to your high school, you'll likely grow and change uh, from who you are now in high school whenever you start your college search. So you might be in ninth grade right now listening to this podcast. You might be a senior, well, probably not a senior, but probably a junior 
thinking about where I'm going to go. And so just being mindful of you may grow and change um, for when you apply. So being mindful of what's important for you when you're looking at a college and doing extensive research in multiple avenues. When I was in my college first many, uh, many years ago, I only had a brochure. And now students have a wealth of resources, maybe even information overload. So you have, so you have to kind of like um, search through that, you know, and that can be a combination of social media, uh, campus visits. Uh, we haven't even touched on virtual visits. There's a lot of resources there and I encourage students to explore all of those opportunities. Um, and I, I'm wondering if you can spend some time talking about virtual visits because my understanding is that some colleges have gone back to virtual visits. Some are continuing virtual visits in addition to in-person visits. I'm wondering if either of you can comment on that. Uh, I think it's important to realize that prior to the pandemic, colleges did offer virtual options for students to visit, but those offerings have gotten a lot more robust since um, you know we haven't been able to visit campuses. And so I think you'll find things, not just the Disneyland version of a campus tour and an information session, but you'll also find things like visiting an actual classroom virtually. Um, I know that several colleges are offering informal chat one-on-one -on -one with the current student and I found that really valuable they're not evaluative they're just informational in nature and you know even other creative kinds of ways to engage with the college that you wouldn't be able to get and also you'll be able to engage with colleges that geographically are not convenient for you to get to so you know there wasn't necessarily a, a huge reason to go visit Oberlin in the past. I was, you know, it's not on the way anywhere usually. Uh, so I think that also opens up the opportunity geographically for students to find out schools um, or maybe they don't want to pay, you know, the money and won't have the time to do a swing and hit 14 schools in a row. So I've enjoyed, you know, the virtual options that schools are offering. And then there are also informal opportunities to learn about colleges as well that we were discussing. Yeah, because, right, that's going to be, I think, the perhaps the tour guide equivalent of, you know, the virtual visit. Um, and it makes me think of YouTube content, um, TikTok. I mean, students who are doing like a day in the life, um, you know, or filming like move-in day. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, and I think if you can spend some time kind of seeking it out, I, I think it's really beneficial to hear from current students. And um, I think, you know, these days people are really willing to share. So yeah, definitely looking for some of those informal, uh, non-sanctioned um, online um, options and, and those presents from current students. Yeah, as a tour guide, I think I was definitely trained in the art of salesmanship. Yeah. So a lot of it was, you know, uh, fielding all questions and then responding that we were indeed the best at that thing. You know, we we had the best, you know, business school in within a, you know, 400 mile radius. <laughs> we had, you know, the most school spirit. And of course, you'll hear the uh, some of the perennial favorites, like if you, you know, we have over 500 clubs and student organizations, but if you can't find one that you like, you can grab five of your friends and make one of your own, you know, so a lot of these tend to run together when you're looking at the tours and information sessions. I also don't 
necessarily advocate for students to do too many admissions information sessions because they really do run together, right? Um, less focus on how to get in and more focus on getting a feel and flavor for what the campus and community is actually like, because I think those can be really taxing, right? You're, you're going to learn about test optional admission. You're going to learn about what early decision and early action is, and you can gather that from just a few information sessions. I don't know that you necessarily need to hear student or that um, from a ton of different sources. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I was a particular kind of ambassador for my institution. I'm sure some people responded positively to it. Others probably thought I was really annoying and therefore were not as predisposed to come to the school. I'm not sure. I was very focused on food and we had indeed the best dining services and we had won <laughs> national awards. <laughs> you know, Eric, it's so interesting that you say that because um, as a counselor, I visited Columbia and I was floored by how similar the information session sounded to the information session that I used to give at Swarthmore. And those schools are really different. So you're right. I think those things can really be uh, almost a bit redundant. So one thing I'm, I'm wondering about is uh, in terms of campus business, we have seniors or families of seniors who may be listening to this podcast, maybe not, um, but many seniors, once they receive their admission decision, they may be, uh, if, if their college does have the uh, in-person version of this, would be some type of accepted student day. Uh, when I worked at Stanford, we had admit weekends, this entire weekend, it's like two, three days of programming. Um, it's both like academic programming as well as like cultural community programming. And so if you're a senior listening to this, that is something where you're gonna you're gonna get like a lot of information, and um, I think just for those who are not seniors, thinking about like what what is the programming in those types of events because those are really to um, encourage students to once they've been admitted to enroll at the institution so they they go the full nine yards in terms of like trying to give them as much information as possible. So I think one thing that we haven't talked about is really that community piece. And so that can look a lot, a lot of different things. That could be the academic piece. If you are very passionate about, you know, an issue or your culture or identity of some sort, then that might be another opportunity to connect with student clubs. There might be community centers on campus. And just with social media, a lot of them might have some type of like Facebook, Instagram, some may have TikTok, uh, Snapchat and all that. So that's another way to get more information because you're going to get a more realistic understanding of what is it like to be a student who has this interest or who has this identity. So I definitely think that's another consideration uh, because um, I've been, I'm actually working right now with many transfer students, those students who uh, enrolled in college and then they decided that it's not a good fit for them. And um, oftentimes it comes down to that community fits. So some students, they initially thought they're okay with whatever location and they realized they want to be in a more urban or suburban environments, or they may realize that the major that they um, are pursuing doesn't have the right course selection for them to pursue. It's okay. It's the dating analogy again. It's not you, it's me, right? So it's like sometimes you make the wrong choice and it's, it's okay, right? I think um, there's still a, a way for you to find love in a hopeless place. So... <laughs>
Um, but you're absolutely right. I think, um, you know, finding, a, you know, the cumulative impact of a lot of different sources of information is a great way to get, we use the term vibe. I don't know what the young people say anymore, but I really think that is an important word. Like, are you looking around and seeing people who look like you? And what I mean by that is not necessarily physically, but are these sort of your people, quote unquote, um, that you would realistically kind of hang out with, connect with, um, and sometimes it's really a sort of je ne sais quoi, you know, it's a sort of, I know it when I see it, right? And um, that's kind of an interesting phenomenon that I've seen is, you know, where students have this sort of um, indescribable feeling um, and, you know, they just get this instinct and this gut feeling. Um, I will say, however, with the, in that same breath that, you know, finding a dream school and being like, this is the only school that's going to serve my academic social needs and get me to where I want to go in terms of my goals and aspirations. Um, a, I think that that's an artificial, you know, thought and B, it can be really dangerous when you um, enter into the process with that dream person. So again, be realistic. You know, if it, you can't have just one dream human that you want to date, um, you got to play the field. And we even talked before this podcast about how honestly many schools are interchangeable in some ways. You know, you're you're really making fine distinctions at times between colleges that are similar based on a lot of metrics. Yeah, there's a couple of things that will be a natural corollary from your visit. And one of those is once you visit a school, you're going to have a much easier time approaching the why our school essay Right, where a college is helping, is trying to understand what it is that makes the school a good fit for you. And so I think collecting the right information uh, for that question is really instrumental. And how do you all suggest that you collect the right information, right? I remember being at Columbia when we would read those, you know, why our school, why Columbia, it couldn't just be New York because we were like, oh, well, there's Fordham and the new school and NYU and plenty of other colleges that have uh, strong connections to the city. So what, you know, go deeper, how can you, you know, get a more intimate understanding of what the experience is like there to be able to construct those. And then you'll hear the term demonstrated interest, you know, thrown around a lot. So if you all want to address either of those sort of uh, overarching themes, feel free. Yeah, it does seem that schools really are looking for you to be specific in those essays at Swarthmore you know, we would often say, well, they never went beyond academic size location. Like we're really looking for a student who understands kind of the personality of the school and what makes it distinct. So I think if you're participating and engaging with a lot of the things that we've talked about, if you do a tour, whether it's in person or online, um, you know, if you look into what the student experience is like, um, you know, if you read about the department that you're interested in on the school website, I think you should be able to deliver what those admissions officers are looking for in that essay. So talking about, you know, the specifics of what the academic experience might be like, what's um, a fun and unique tradition on campus, um, you know, all the things that people will be talking about when they're describing the school to prospective students. So yeah, it definitely is kind of a natural um, way to approach that essay. For sure, Mike, I've gotta know, when you visit Stanford, how do you write the letter to your future roommate? 
how do you do it? What are they looking for? We don't know. Yeah, that, that essay it terrifies students out of uh, all of the Stanford supplements. And it, it's, there's a different approaches and strategies in terms of what you're writing and, and just in the Stanford supplement in general, because there's three short essays and then there's uh, over like five short answer questions. And so for that one, I prefer personally uh, to see their personality and interest and conversation about their background. So it's more about who, who am I and how am I going to contribute uh, to Stanford? Uh, and just from what Rachel was saying, it made me think about uh, oftentimes I hear students um, like, what do I need to get into this university and go into this dating analogy? Uh, I want them to think about like, I don't want to just be in a relationship. I want to find the right partner and I have agency in this process. So um, it, you need to figure out what's important to you um, when picking a colleges and find the best fit for you instead of what do I need to do to um, fit what that college presents or, or what they're looking for in the application process. So I think just like flipping um, how you view this entire process, it's like, uh, what can the college do for you? Not, uh, not um, what can I do for the college in some ways? It does. Yeah, for sure. That's it's great. definitely partly what you're bringing to the table. And then partly, you know, I always say, you know, what, how does that school uniquely serve your academic uh, and social needs and perhaps your goals and aspirations as well? Uh, I think, Another thing to think about is, um, you know, there will be sort of a handful of different supplement types, you know, that we could categorize. And I won't go through all of them, but you are going to likely get the why do you want to study what you want to study, either, the, you know, in that straightforward language or a thinly veiled version of that statement. So the more intimately and the more specifically and authentically that you can address that question can also be achieved by visiting the school and asking some pointed questions, you know, whether that's to the tour guide or going to an academic building where you know you might be interested in that particular subject and maybe just talking to current students, you know, what is your experience like? Why did you choose to come here? What's something that you wish you had known before you came to the school? I think that can be a really powerful question as well to understand, you know, what's motivating students, uh, what they like and what they don't like. And so I think while it is intimidating and a little bit awkward approaching people other than the tour guides and the admissions counselors on campus can be a really valuable way to collect information and a great skill i mean that's it's not the only time you're gonna have to you know walk up to someone and ask them a question so yeah i say go for it i think as you're walking around campus or exploring a school's website Looking at uh, the student newspaper is a good way to see like what are some of the hot button issues on campus? You know, what is happening that has uh, people's attention, good and bad? Um, I mean, I remember there are all kinds of things, um, you know, happening that people get really involved in. And I think you can learn a lot about a school um, how are they responding? What are people engaged in? Um, and a lot of that uh, is featured in students' writing. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that helps give a sense of um, the school culture in some ways. If you look at the newspaper and how um, students are engaging with the campus, what's the campus response to certain 
things that students may bring to the college. And then I'm also thinking um, just also the surrounding area too. For me, I was born and raised in Los Angeles and I could not see myself at a rural school. And I mean, this is me many years later. Um, I think if I got into a rural school that people knew about, I probably would have attended it. But uh, knowing myself now, I know that the, the surrounding community is important to me because if I'm going to be attending a rural school, then all of your student life is going to be on campus. Whereas if you live at a, at a university that's in, in a big city, then you have a lot of amenities, a lot of um, things that are going to be happening off of campus. And so I know for me, that's very important. And so for students, you got to ask yourself, well, how do I want to uh, engage um, in student life? And what is that going to look like at the college that I'm looking at? And, um, you know, is that on campus? Is that off campus? It may vary depending on your interests. If you're on a sports team, then most of your life is going to be, uh, you know, being, being a recruited athlete at the college. Whereas if you are an engineering major, then you might be in the laboratories or in, um, you know, the computer lab or something like that, um, doing research, for example, whereas, um, you know, you're very social, then that might be on campus or off campus. Yeah, as a former rower in college, I can attest to that. We were on the water at 5.30 every morning, and I was always rushing to get to my 9.05 classes every day, and I would arrive in Spanx. <laughs> and my <laughs> statistics teacher was very understanding uh, since she was like an half Ironman participant. <laughs> but, um, you know, I also went to a college that was really different from the experience that I envisioned. I came from a really small private high school and went to a really large research one, you know, rah, rah, huge SEC school for undergrad. And I got a really high quality education, which makes me a real proselytizer for a public school. Um, I think you can get a really high quality education. It's another thing to look for on campus. If you're going to a larger school, do they have an honors college? You know, is that something that you can participate in to try to scale down the experience at a larger school? Do they have Greek life? you know, whether academic or social, do they have other ways that you can scale down that experience at a larger school and still have all of the benefits and advantages of being at that rah-rah, you know, kind of place, um, which was a real departure from what I was used to, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was so fun. Rachel, obviously I became a tour guide so that I could be with all of the most corny, beautiful, wonderful people uh, who were excited about the institution. Um, so that was another way that I was able to effectively scale down that experience, but it really wasn't the kind of college experience I expected to have. And in fact, it was in my hometown where both of my parents taught. So that was an even uh, another layer. So don't get discount your local schools just because they're in your backyard. College is a very different experience from high school, no matter where you go. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that because I recently was driving through the university in my current city. And uh, this is where I grew up and I never, it never occurred to me to even apply. Um, and driving through, I was like, oh, this school is so cool. Like I could totally, if I could do it again, maybe I would, would look here. So yeah, I think um, exploring kind of to come back to where we started those options within reach, like you might surprise yourself. And so many schools offer so many different opportunities and experiences um, that often are quite similar that, yeah, in a way it becomes not, not that there is 
a right choice, but at a certain point you kind of make some choices and you make those the right choice. I love yeah. that. I totally agree. Yeah. It just makes me think uh, like you kind of have to like know who you are right before you make a decision. So if you're a high school student in 10th grade, part of this college search process is learning more about yourself, not just not your intellectual interests, but your personality and what's important for you in finding a community. So I think that oftentimes that can be hard for students because they may have limited opportunities in their school. They may not have exposure to different cultures, different perspectives. Um, with the, you know, the, the boom of social media, that's one way you can kind of fill that gap, um, so to speak. So I really encourage students to just think about who they are as they're um, you know, uh, going through high school and how does that translate into like the community and space and education that you want um, when you're moving on to college. Yeah, right. for I'm me, that was like, all I knew is I didn't know myself. I knew that I wanted to jump out of my own skin every day because the hormones were raging, but I did know that I preferred the double helix strand of DNA and meiosis in my AP bio class to, you know, conjugating Sarah and a star in my Spanish class. <laughs> so sometimes those are ways you can get to know yourself um, if you don't have a lot of information to go off of when you're 15 or 16. Right. And I think to really, once you complete the college application process, I mean, I think you can look back and really recognize the amount of reflection that this process requires. So when you're planning your visits, when you're on campus and trying to decide like what, it, what feels right, what's not as comfortable, you know, when you're looking around on social media, that's just part of it. Because then once you decide where to apply, then you're having to write all these essays, you're having to really, I think, dig deep. And when you look back on it, I think you will know yourself better um, once you're through the process. And the visit is is kind of the beginning um, or the middle, but a, definitely a big part of that. What kinds of questions would you all ask on the tour if you were visiting a campus right now? I think asking people what their favorite thing about the school uh, is, is a great way to not only like get a sense of what they enjoy, but also is just leaves people with a really positive kind of feeling. That's like my big tip for interviews too, like asking your interviewer what's their favorite thing because it leaves people with a positive feeling. Um, so I would encourage, and that's a question you could ask anyone. So I think that's a great one for the tour. Yeah, a lot of tour guides I've noticed have been trained to do the, at the end, to tie it up in a nice little bow. And now I'm going to tell you why I chose this school, <laughs> which used to be my go-to question. And I guess people asked it enough that now they're, they're compelling the tour guides to ask, <laughs> to respond in advance. If I could ask one question, I would ask, what do they do when they're not in class? Um, you know, ideally, I would find someone who I think like has similar interests to me. Because uh, if I asked an engineer and I was never a STEM person, then <laughs> that would not connect with me. So I would, you know, ideally, if the tour guide had some sh similar interests, that would be something I want to find out. Because I, for me, it's really important, like school and personal life balance, because college is going to be very busy and classes are going to be challenging. So it was important to me to find community space 
time to disconnect from the stresses of everyday life as a college student. Thank you for tuning in to Just Admit It. Catch up on all our episodes by visiting our podcast page and be sure to bookmark our knowledge base for additional help with navigating the complex and competitive college admissions process. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok for more college prep resources. And stay tuned for our next episode in which we will share advice on how high school seniors can choose their best fit admissions offers. All right. Thanks, everyone.